Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Congratulations, folks. We've come up with a new name for your next child, Saint Ciprillian. <laughs> Ciprillian. Ciprillian. I heard you guys talking about uh, Pius X. I let's, told let's, you. Let's move on. Let's okay. M- let's move on. I don't, I don't know if that's going to go well. So... Uh, this is Catholic Stuff Podcast. Wait, can I throw out at least on the name front that I'm still waiting for someone to name the middle name of their child of the child Jesus. That's like my dream. Of and the holy face. I don't get to have kids. Yeah. So somebody out there, uh, get wild. It's, I don't think it's all that wild, but um, Maximilian. anything for the first name and then of the child Jesus. Of the child Jesus. Not like as a religious name. That's cool too, but... Innocent I'm talking of about the child baby. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, uh, today is the feast of Saints Cyprian and Cornelius. Cyprilius? Cip- or Cyrilius? Corn. Cor- oh, yeah. Cornelian. Corniprian? Corniprian. Oh, yeah. Corniprian. I don't know. You got to combine the two. I don't. I really don't know much about For these some guys. reason, that reminds me of Erisipolis. I wish somebody would make a rap. And like what the refrain is, I don't even know Erisipolis. <laughs> it's what uh, John of the Cross died from. Oh, okay, okay. Sounds like something. What is Erisipolis? In, in the air. I wow. D- I'll give somebody a ton of money if they could. They could uh, spell that. Erisipolis. E r y s i p e l a s. E r y. Nope. Wouldn't have E-R-Y. ever. I was going to say an acute streptococcal. Uh, infection characterized by deep red inflammation of the skin and mucous membranes. And Anyways. isn't that throat stuff? Gold, I guess. Golden tongue? Is it ironic? Yeah. No, that's John of the Cross, not John of the Oh, Christ I thought you were talking about Chrysostom. Nope. Dude, I'm, I'm putting my heads all over the place. So, um, Cynthia. Okay. I just realized the other day I was in LaSalle, Illinois... Driving back home, uh, death in the family. Um, my godfather passed away. I almost asked everybody to pray for him on the last podcast, um, and then I got to be there. Um, when he passed, we'll do a podcast on that later. God rest his soul. Yeah, God rest Rod Lucas. Um, so you only get one godfather, so praying for you, um, Rod Lucas. And I, I drove home from Chicago to um, uh, I to Chillicothe, but uh, I passed through LaSalle, Illinois, and they had a St. Hyacinth. Ooh. St. Hyacinth. And I was like, that's where we get Cynthia. Oh. I never thought about that. Right? So. Is, that the, is that a flower, too? Hyacinth? Yes. Hyacinths are my favorite Easter flower. Cynthia. There you yeah. go. So Cynth- that's my guess. Cynthia comes from a shortened form of that. And then the other day, I was talking to... Uh, someone about don't throw pearls before swine. And I said, actually, it's don't throw margaritas before swine. There it is. And and I was like, I was like, that's where we get Rita. And I said this to a girl named Meg. Um, shout out Margaret Meg Malone and Joe Malone. Margaret is the shortened form of margarita. The pearl. The pearl. I preached about that Who knew? for um, Margaret and Nathan Young's wedding. On uh, in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Do I know them? I think I've given them a shout out. He worked uh, Creatio for a few years, and he went to um, IHM in Winona to the college seminary oh, way okay. way back before he met the love of his life, and they're now married and all that. Um, but the Pearl, yeah. You know what else? One the, the other name thing that I I connected, um, or she actually brought it up today, was the sweet sacristan at uh, Saint Elizabeth of Hungary, Dolores. Yes. And I often call her it's D, so I don't even think of it. It's a great name. But her feast was yesterday. That's right, Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows. Suffering. Um. Uh. The here's the crazy thing: LaSalle, LaSalle, Peru, mm-hmm. uh, home of multiple parishes. Beautiful town, like, on the shores of the Illinois River, um, and uh, tons of Catholic churches. I go into the St. Hyacinth, just randomly. I look at the bulletin. It's Tom Otto, Father Tom Otto. 
they were praying for Father. They were praying for the seminarian Tom Otto. Whenever I was a focus missionary back in the day, oh, wow. um, he's uh, he's from Chillicothe, uh, from my where my dad grew up, um, and his his associate is Father Pika, who is uh, who is the brother of a guy I went to college with. So Pika. I was like, I was like, whoa, Pika. Well, Father Tom Otto. That's right. They grow up. That, it's a beautiful. Did you know him when picture. you were praying for him back in the day? I met him once. Okay. Nice guy. Nice guy. So. Well, I'm tempted to ask you what you preached about for Rod's funeral, but I think I, we'll that, save that it. should, yeah, we'll yeah that save should it. go with this. Here's the last thing I want to say about LaSalle, Peru. Okay. Okay. This is a plea to the podcast nation. I go to LaSalle. I'm feeling very hungry. I don't eat at Midway. Wait, why do you keep saying Peru? Um, that's the neighboring town, oh, okay. LaSalle, Peru. Okay. I thought you were saying this is a town in Peru nope. and you're throwing me off. That's a, it's like, um, it's like whatever, Longmont, Loveland, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. um, so I'm in LaSalle, I'm in LaSalle, I'm hungry. I don't eat at Midway Airport. I don't, I don't, I did not have a good experience at the McDonald's at Midway about 15 years ago, uh, bad food poisoning. Sausage McGriddle, not a no, good choice. No, never go with McGriddle. Not into it. Too sweet. Too sweet. Too sweet. Anyways, uh, so then uh, I didn't eat for a while. Just wanted to get out of town. Nothing really sounded good. Um, and eventually end up in LaSalle. I'm like, I'm hungry. Where should I go? Somebody said Central Street, whatever, Central Central Avenue, whatever. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but it looked it looked a little too high class, you Uh-oh. know. It was a little too. It was like it was like Elways of. You of wanted little, to eat in your car. You wanted to sit I, down, but not forever. I yeah. I wanted to get food to go. You know, and yeah. then you know, just have it be simple. No table service. Correct. I go downtown, and the most exotic smells are everywhere, coming spilling out of this really? downtown in area in LaSalle, and I see the banner for the championship championship ribs. And uh, jazz festival, mm, both. Mm. Yeah, and uh, they weren't going to start serving ribs until six p.m. So I could smell all the ribs, but I couldn't oh, no. eat them. Okay, so I, I I met some of the guys. I met some of the pit masters, and I I said I feel like a dog with his tongue out the window, like just smelling everything constantly. I can't eat it, but I'm just like smelling all of it, and. I realized I know nothing, nothing about championship ribs. Really? And no, no, no. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I you've ate, never done smoking meats. I've never, I've never successfully smoked any meats. Uh. So uh, I'm putting a plea out there: if there's any podcast listener who knows how to do championship ribs, which the one of the guys corrected me because I said. Um, you know, I had these ribs in a restaurant. He said, restaurant ribs are different style than championship ribs. Oh. I said, no idea. So I've been corrected. If somebody knows how to make championship ribs and feels comfortable sharing that information, um, the savory side of the podcast, I think would really appreciate it. There, I think the best ribs that I've had are, I wish I knew the name, but some one of the seminarians in Rome at the North American College, had uh, kind of reworked a, what was it, like a water cooler or some big piece of metal into a smoker. Wow. And was just a genius at this like smoking business and would, you know, slow cook that stuff forever. And yep. he would, he'd do these big feasts for the whole college or I think he did a, he catered one of our meals for you, Mary, Way back in the day when what I this? had started. It was a seminarian. I wish I could remember the name. If you're out there and you're listening, please let me know was so he, I can thank you. For was he at the knack? or was finger-licking ribs. Was he at the knack? Yeah, or? he was at the knack. Oh, but okay. I don't know which diocese. I can't remember. Oh, there's so many, so many guys over there. Um, pork or beef? Uh, pork. Yeah. That is, that, that's, you know, very, Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, we had brothers barbecue the other night. I ordered some in takeout for our uh, old priest poker night, 
Oh, yeah. How was that? Which, when I host at my house, I'm supposed to cook for them, and I've done that a couple times, but this time I just needed to order in. I, it's fun. It's fun. They like to re- they like to remember Father Nathan Goble and how <laughs> frustrated he got oh my gosh, with I poker can't. night and how he's not been back. I can't And do I it. told him I wasn't there, so I was frustrated with them. I tell him off because... Yeah, you spoiled the the chance I had to play with Father Nathan because you scared him off yeah, one it, night. Like I I need to get better about it. so instead of playing Texas Hold'em, what they do is they play different games, different poker games, different styled games, and effectively it's like just stay in the whole time and see if you win. Yep, a nickel a nickel a right, a and bid. and I don't I don't understand that. Like I don't understand. That you literally, there's no betting, there's no chance. It's literally, I mean, it's all chance. There's yeah. no skill. No, there's basically, it's really not that fun unless you just like luck, luckily winning. It's yes. almost like, yeah, it's like a slot machine. It's like you're sitting next to each other on a slot machine. Yes, and, and I paying, uh, playing penny slots. Can't. No, I hate that. <laughs> I hate, I hate penny slots. My mom is really good at penny slots. I, I, I can't deal with it. So. I have promised myself I will go at least once a year. I will go at oh, least. Oh, nice! I will right. go at least so once a year. You'll come back. I will. Yeah, I'll come it's back. It's a good. It's a good way for me. I like bonding with the older priests that play in this poker game. They've been doing it for thirty years every Tuesday night. Yep. And um, it's probably the only way I would relate to those guys. And part of me, it's like I don't know how to thank the older priests right. for all their years of yes, priesthood. I know. And not, I'm not trying to guilt you or anything. It's I don't just, feel guilty. It's just one of those pieces that I, I feel good about it. Here's uh, the question. Like, how did you get away serving barbecue versus Red Lobster? They love I the did, Red... You know what? I thought I was going to get in trouble about it. They love the Red Lobster. They love Red Lobster. I don't get it, frankly. No. And it's overpriced cardboard. I mean, no, it's not Overpriced very good. butter salt. Yeah. Exactly, so here, exactly. Do you know what the only thing worse than Red's Lobster is? Eating Red Lobster fast. <laughs> so, like, they eat Red Lobster in, like, under 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to make, like, a, a sloppy 5K where you have to eat Red Lobster really fast and then, like, do a jumble <laughs> oh, no. and then, like, run a 5K no, or something. Oh, that's a recipe for disaster. Oh, my gosh, it's so bad. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, we, so, should, we should thank the priests. But they liked the brothers... They like the brothers. They were pleased with it, and uh, that's where that's where I'm going from now on. I mean, I like to cook, but I don't have time for that there. But I do want to take my turn and host, so that's the trick. Maybe not just that barbecue, but I was gonna get these like artisanal tacos that they're all doing in no, Denver. No, but they're funky, man. Not for those. They'll guys. They'll do octopus with octopus no. ink and Nip. pickled radish. I, everything's strange. No. no, I'm gonna I'm gonna find I'm gonna find a uh fried seafood place and host i'll yeah, host one exactly just like buckets and buckets of popcorn oh shrimp gosh. <laughs> all right um well let's talk about the um, reasons to be catholic and the gospels so here we go the um well wait hold on, hold on. just to catch catholic. you up, catch up catch you up on my uh many weddings lifestyle these days uh, I recently did one where the women were all dressed in black, okay? Um, now, the bride had a white dress, but all of the, the big wedding party mm-hmm. were all in black, and then they had like a really red rose on the uh, lapel for the dudes and in the hair for the women, okay? Yeah. So it was it was charming at first. Everybody's coming up. But then a bunch of the wedding party were wearing black lipstick, these women are wearing black lipstick and mm-hmm. I looked at John and John looked at me, John Brooks, and at the same time we said, vampire wedding. And it was like, I couldn't get that out of my head during the wedding. Vampire weekend. And I even thought when I said, um, you can kiss your bride, the, I, the thought went through my head, uh, he's going to go dip low and take a bite out of her neck. Ah, ah, ah. It was a crazy, crazy wedding. Okay. Or bats they, flying away. Do you think they were going with vampires? Do you think that was what they were? I don't think it was intentional. That was the theme. It was just kind of wild because people don't wear black for weddings. Anyway, vampire wedding. I'm doing a lot of that stuff, and um, I am kind of in this argument with one of the marriage prep uh, couples, 
And this is one of those experiences of being a father that's kind of like frustrated father because your kids are rebelling and you don't even know why. It doesn't even make a whole lot of sense. But they want to be married in the church, but they're telling me we don't like going to church and we don't know why we should like going to church. And so I'm trying to kind of solicit some of their um, their reasons. Like, why? what's good about being Catholic? What's mm-hmm. good about going to church? And also trying to just, like, present them with as much of the, you know, shotgun fire um, joys of being a Catholic that I could, you know, give them. Like, why... Why is this good, right? And I was telling them, well, you need to find somebody who you know who likes being Catholic and ask them, why do you like being Catholic? But then I took that and I I brought it to uh, the homily and I was asking people to be kind of brainstorming their own reasons in Mm. order to be able to witness about why you like being Catholic. And so give me a couple of yours. Why do you like being Catholic? It's a hard question because it's so important to mm. us, and it's also like, kind of like there's a thousand answers. Um, I I like the fact that we haven't broken off and formed our own church, like that it has yeah. apostolic origins. Two thousand years of unbroken su- like succession. Like we, we back in the day, we used to have like a tree trunk, you know, like, and then you'd have like branches that branched off, and then like splintered and everything and it was just really cool that the catholic church had started had you know apostolic origins um the saints like i don't know what i would do without the saints um i think it would be very hard to just imagine bible stories uh without them being enfleshed in the lives of like uh you know blessed stanley rother or saint therese or uh, St. Cornelius and Cyprian that we celebrate today. It's like, it's fascinating to like think about certain scripture stories in light of the saints. Yeah. Uh, and that, that we have, we hold them in special veneration uh, without it uh, ultimately um, dominating or destroying our, our, our view of who Jesus is and how central he is. Yeah. Um, if we say that the, um, Jesus lives in us. You know, Paul says, if we have died with Christ, now we live with Christ, and then we're being conformed to Christ. It's, it's almost like if you're trying to understand who this Jesus is and your beloved, you can see different features of his face, different aspects of his face in all the different saints, thousands of different angles of looking at Jesus and what he does to a life. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a kaleidoscope that has some hmm. design, some sense to it. It's mm-hmm. like a picture of Christ. Yeah. An icon. With and as you turn it, like it explodes in different ways. Yeah. You know? Or like those mosaics with all the little pieces and stuff. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's abstract. Like Jesus is my friend. Yeah. What? Just your imagination of you know, what you think a friend is or the person, you know, the person you imagine in the gospel books or something like that. But, um, yeah, you can get, you can come to know a lot about Jesus and fall deeply in love through the, the saints, all the diversity of the lives of the saints. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that today. So anyway, I added to that comment. Um, I would also say uh, I like I like being on the opposite spectrum from the way that the culture kind of operates sometimes. Um, that we are continually signs of the kingdom of heaven. And we, we shouldn't, we, we can't, we can't ignore that, you know, like we don't just blend in. Um, like there's a way, like even in LaSalle, like when I was driving into LaSalle uh, and all of a sudden I just look up and there's like four different steeples of churches um, and you can tell they're Catholic churches. Like there's just a way in which you can kind of be like, yeah, only we would build that tall yeah. and, and that pointy. Um, that in some way, like we've made our mark, um, but we haven't tried to co-opt into being, you know, Walmart or Target or, you know, like just the, the box church. Um, like today I met with a couple and I had to talk to him about contraception. And I think that there's a lot of other churches where you don't have to do that. 
Um, they just kind of say, yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out, do it on your own, whatever. Yeah. And I like that we actually have to engage with things like this. You know, we have to engage with things like cloning and vaccines and, um, I don't know, like whether or not, whether or not you can, um, I'm trying to think of non-sexual images but i'm either coming up with cloning images or sexual images um (laughs) the cloning yeah i know what you mean though like education i mean like right now i mean in terms of in terms of education like we're in a fight you know to figure out like is it how do we how do we educate children on the on the dangers of uh gender reassignment you know like i just i like that the church has to take a stand on certain things. I just watched a documentary on Dorothy Day and how she was an absolute pacifist. Yeah. I thought that was just remarkable and yeah. and still in the church. So. Yeah, and there's there's radical stances. There's kind of challenges along the along the road. And certainly we're just not getting spun up into the world's ways and the the zeitgeist, you know. Yeah. Um All right, yeah. So those are those are Wonderful. I w- I've been asking around. I've been getting a lot of different things. You know, people saying everything from um, I feel like a better person. I feel connected to to God when I go to church. I get motivated. Mm. I feel more positive. I uh, feel um, more gratitude. Um, I feel connected to the community. Um, a lot of a lot of different ways of like appreciating and val- different values that other people have and kind of priorities. Um, and I noticed like, okay, this is, this goes way, way back to the point where even the gospel writers, when they're looking at the face of Jesus, they're in some way expressing, this is why I really like being around this guy. And I really like practicing this religion. I argue that they were practicing the Catholic religion when they were writing the, the gospels. And I don't think that's naive. I think they were doing things that we do today, like they were um, gathering for mass and they were um, practicing the rituals that Jesus set up. And there's evidence for that throughout the New Testament. But anyway, you could ask them, why do you like being Catholic or why do you like, you know, practicing this religion? Mm -hmm. And um, so say, for example, um, St. John famously, you could say John one thing among others, but probably the biggest is that he sees this as a bridge to relating to God, you know, for, for the, for the Christian to be able to identify as a child of the father, the way that Jesus did and to connect into that union. And then also to have a mystical relationship with God that Jesus in the gospel of John reveals the face of God, the, the, the fatherhood of God to the beloved, the disciple, the Christian, and also builds this bridge so that you can um, you can relate to, you can come to know, you can contemplate God. Um, it's almost like, you know, like the monastery style or the monk style or even the kind of, I don't know, guru, the mystic style. I did have some, some of the parishioners who said, I, I feel spiritually connected. And although that's, sounds kind of ambiguous and that could be ambiguous like what is what exactly does that mean to you i do understand like i feel connected to god in prayer and um i think john was expressing something of that you know his images at the beginning where um jesus is resting on the on the bosom of the father and then the beloved disciple at the last supper is resting on the bosom Mm -hmm. of jesus Mm -hmm. and there's that connection of the disciple into the the heart of god right um, but I don't think all of the gospel writers are writing the same way, right? I think there's other values and perspectives. For Matthew, Matthew focuses a lot on what is a good person and the morality. Jesus is a teacher. He's a teacher like the uh, new Moses. He does a lot of, he spends a lot of time um, correcting confused religious um, experiences and um, practice. And Ultimately, you come away with, um, from Matthew's gospel, you know, you think of the judgment scene, you know, are you a good person? And Jesus offers the way for you to really become that kind of person um, at the next level, like a supernatural level, you know, to really be, 
you could say holy, um, but you could also just say, you know, righteous or like virtuous or something like that. So I think there's a focus there where Matthew, if you ask Matthew, he'd say, well, I became a good person. You know, I really come away from this religious practice, this encounter with Jesus as a better person. You know? Is that in Matthew's gospel where he says that every every disciple is like his teacher, but then when fully formed, every every disciple is... What? You know I mean? know what you're talking about, but I think I that think was that's Mark John. from... What? Oh. Mark? Well, we, it was recent. I, I mean, we preached on that recently. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so you're saying that, that the end of Matthew's gospel, by the end, it's like, are you prepared to follow the way? Are you prepared to follow Christ and to become righteous, like to live yeah, righteousness? Or, or maybe just, here's what you're going to get. This is salvation. You know, yeah, I don't think it's as much of a challenge. I mean, there is a challenge there. Jesus on the you know Sermon on the Mount, yeah, is you know issuing some challenge, but it's also just here's what's offered a new way of uh, of being. So when at the end of Matthew he says, "Go and teach all nations," you know, it's a real way of life, learning a new way of life. Go and methete. Yes, that's uh, yeah, disciple people become disciples hmm. right and you become yeah a better person it's like the the married people they say well, you say why do you love this person they make me a better person you know okay so that's john matthew i would say luke has this comprehensive vision of history and he's just fascinated by how jesus is the answer to all of the mysteries about human history um like there's a big story and he's seeing that big picture and seeing that the beginnings of time from Adam on um, into Israel's story in the Old Testament and the stories that are most profound to the world are all being fulfilled in, in Jesus. And it's like this kind of poetic key for understanding the whole of history and then looking into the bright future, which is kind of extended out from the conversion of Jerusalem and then um, Judea and Samaria and then out to the whole world, right? So there's a kind of um, historic two kind of two horizons. He sees the sun coming up and the sun going down, and he's just marveling at the way that Jesus is like this great answer to the human question, you know? So like Luke's on Tatooine? Tatooine. Which one is that, though? Is that the one with the Ewoks? No, that's um, that's the Endor, uh, the moon of Endor. Which one right. is it? Oh, Tantooine is with the the it's, deserts. Yeah, that's yeah. But I think isn't there two suns? Yeah, so you could have you could have ones rising and one setting at the same time. Ooh. What if we did have? Yeah, I think about that sometimes. Sorry, mega are there, history. Are there planets planets that way? So yeah. historical historical narrative, but he's not a Hegelian. It's a fascination. It's a way of understanding the world, you know, and. Um, yeah, he's not a Hegelian. This is not like... Hegel says everything's inevitable, that there is no real drama to human history because it's all just faded and everything's coming about. But I don't think he, I don't think he thinks that. He just sees that the world was waiting to understand itself and it didn't have a lot of meaning, and now it has meaning. Like all the questions are answered and they're answered in Jesus. And if you plug into that, then you're, now you're having meaning somehow you know you're part of the story okay how's his gospel his gospel begins with the um with the story of john the baptist mm -hmm. yeah zechariah it's not it's not the it's not the uh genealogy no but he's got his genealogy that goes it's back later. to adam it's later yeah right it's between the infancy narratives and the beginning of john's uh, ministry and Jesus is about to come along, but he traces right. He traces Jesus's ancestry all the way back to Adam to say that this is a universal um, child. The child to be born is fated as a, a an answer to all of the human questions. You know, the questions of the human heart. Uh, all right, but I'm trying to get to Mark. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I. 
Marx is a challenge to really get to because, or, or to really understand, like, what is this kind of theme here? And part of that is because it's a fast gospel, it's very blunt, and it's pretty raw and strong. It's like not wandering poetic, waxing poetic. It's not structured intentionally to teach like Matthew's, and it's not all um, kind of mystically like flying away like John's eagle. But Mark ultimately is a really serious gospel. It has Jesus agonizing. It has Jesus dying with just screaming. Mm-hmm. It has um, this these disciples who don't really get it all the way throughout. And that's like a major theme is just like, do you know who Jesus is? No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. You're going to at the at the end, but the whole experience is is kind of fast and brutal. Um, but right at the heart of it that we just went over in this last gospel, Jesus says, "If you know who I am, and um, that I am the Christ, I am the one that you're you've been looking for. Take up your cross and follow me." And that's the challenge in. Uh, at the heart of Mark's gospel, and it's super intense, right? Hmm. It's this is worth suffering for. And they, the scholars um, kind of speculate that this was written for the Christians during the Roman persecution. Yeah, because it's coming. Something like the context of Nero, who uh, the emperor Nero, who was crazy, burned down Rome, uh, blamed the Jews and the Christians, this new group called the Christians, and then uh, lit the Christians on fire as torches on the bridges, right? There was this real intense persecution. And um, supposedly, Mark is Peter's amanuensis, like he's Peter's note taker. And Great name for your kid. Which one? Peter's amanuensis? <laughs> Amans- Peter's amanuensis. <laughs> so he's in the midst of this persecution in Rome. Yeah. And so I'm I'm kind of toying with all these ideas of like well, how can I how can I explain why I love this so much and I'm counting the ways and all this stuff and you need to count the ways. And I realize at the end of the day why what is what for me why why am I willing to suffer for this Christianity? Um and really suffer a lot of things. I mean, I haven't gone through like you know, the danger of death or something you know, Cornelius and Cyprian, but it's like my whole life is given to this Christian project. And I love Jesus more than anything. And I'm dedicated my life to, to Jesus. And that's not because I feel better when I leave church. That's not because I feel, um, satisfaction all the time. It's not better because I can see all the time that my life is, becoming perf- perfect. Like I'm just become a great guy, becoming greater all the time. Um, at the end of the day, for me, it's, this is the most important thing. This is just the most important thing in the world. And if there's anything worth suffering for, I think it's this. I think it's Jesus. I think he's the, the answer for um, what the world needs and the way that the world is going to be. Um, saved, renewed, perfected. It's it's just the most important thing. And for me, that's worth um, really sacrificing for. That I had, to, once I had discovered that this is important for my life, this is important for anybody I meet, this is something worth investing my life. This is valuable more than anything. Then it's kind of hardcore and intense and I like keeping it light. I like goofing around and everything. But at the end of the day, this to me is worth investing in, not because of what you're going to get out of it when you leave mass, but because this is the most important thing in the world. It's transforming the world and it's um, recognizing and being grateful to God for um, the amazing things he's doing. You know, it's, it's worth bleeding for. It's worth investing everything into no matter what that looks like and no matter what it, the, the feeling that you get coming out of it. Oh, well, does that make sense? It's not all these like positive things. Sure. 
and it, but it doesn't have to be for me, you know? And I'm not just saying like, oh, hey, look, I'm great. I'm this great martyr or something. But I, I, I kind of woke up to the reality that the reason I'm invested in this is because I think this is the most grave and important thing that I've ever run into. But you're making a you're making a um, a connection that that has to be noted that the church is Jesus. You said yeah because what you're participating say- in this thing, not just like really feeling strongly about it, right? Right, but you said why do you stay in the church? Right, because this is the most important thing. Jesus is worth dying over. And you're making a connection between the church and Jesus. And Jesus. Yeah. And why do I yeah, like why do why should these kids go to church if they don't always feel if they feel bored or if they feel you know listless or they don't feel like I got I really got a good message from that today mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be lots of ups and downs. There's going to be lots of boredom. There's going to be lots of um, annoyances. I don't like this priest at my church. I don't like the, you know, I don't like the music. I don't like the, um, I don't know. That Air I have conditioning. Sp- spend my time on it. Mm-hmm. All of these things. Yep. You're going to be tested. And then the question is, well, why why persevere? And I think right. there are, there's lots of reasons. But at the end of the day, um, I think all of those things are worth suffering. Even if the experience was really, really awful, because this is that important. I think that's Mark's perspective. It's just a super intense kind of way of looking at it, hmm. you know. Maybe a way that a soldier looks at, you know, dying for their country. It's like, well, this isn't going to be easy. You're not always going to feel the brotherhood. You're not always going to feel the camaraderie. You're not always going to feel like a hero. But there's something ultimately that's terribly important here. Does that make sense? It's kind yeah. of a hoorah thing, but no, I believe I think that's Mark's style. I would agree. Uh, I think that's I think that that's a good insight in regards to Mark. Um, there is a gospel song that says Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him, there's no other, because Jesus is the way. Yeah. Let me tell you now, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him, there's no other. There's um, Jesus is the way. Some some lady and I didn't bring the um, the note today or the book sent you a hymnal what? with um, the giant love ball. The giant. Jesus, the giant love ball song. What is this? Was that you talking oh, no. about? No. The giant what is, love ball song? I don't know. What oh, is, it's one of these wild kids hymnals from I've, the seventies. No, I don't think I spoke like about that. Lots of clown songs for kids in church. Nope. Didn't, didn't know that. I one. think it's father will. Okay. I thought it was for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is the answer, but then you're also, I mean, you're, you're kind of seemingly, uh, alluding to a book that we had read earlier this year, you know, Shapu says things worth dying for. Yes. Like that there are, that there are certain things that are, that are worth dying for. And I think that one of the things that you're, you're pointing to is the church is worth dying for because Jesus is worth dying for. And there's there are certain things right now that we're taking for granted in the time of COVID that it's like, I would risk my life for that. I would risk other people's lives for that. Um, and I think that we've established, at least for some, that the church, and not just the practice of worship, but the church is worth um, accepting scorn, condemnation, um, even hatred for. And uh, I think that's I think that's important for people to to realize. Yeah, and su- and suffering lots of discomfort and confusion. I, that is that's a good example with Shapu because I always got the sense that that was his. Ultimately, if you're asking, like, why are you so invested in this? And there's a lot of reasons. If you're cynical, like I am, you could always come up with, ah, yeah, I mean, you knew you would be successful. You know, you're talented in this realm. This is, and, but for him, it was, it was like, there's this deep dedication, and this is a very serious man. This is a very serious man with a very deep commitment to what he thinks is terribly important, you know? 
Did you uh, did you see that there were two options today for the Office of Readings? Did you happen to notice that? Like no. you could choose which one you wanted to do. It was kind of choose your own adventure. With the uh, saints or with the yeah, with uh, Cyprian and Cornelius. Ordinary time. And there was a fascinating one that I hadn't hadn't really read. Uh, but it's uh, it says from the proconsular acts of the martyrdom of Saint Cyprian, which is in about what three hundred. Two hundred. Yeah, they were two sixty something like that. Yeah. I okay, so uh, it says Bishop Cyprian was brought in before the trial in the court of Salcilium. Uh, after Cyprian was brought in, the governor asked him, "Are you Thasius Cyprian?" And the bishop replied, "Yes, I am." The governor Gallia, Gal- Galerius Maximus said, "Have you posed as the pontiff of a sacrilegious group?" The bishop answered, "I have." Then the governor said, Our most venerable emperors have commanded you to perform the religious rites. Bishop Cyprian replied, I will not do so. Galerius Maximus said, Consider your position. Cyprian replied, Follow your orders. In such a just cause, there is no need for deliberation. Then Galerius Maximus, after consulting with his council, reluctantly issued the following judgment. You have long lived with your sacrilegious convictions, and you have gathered around about yourself many others in a vicious conspiracy. You have set yourself up as an enemy of the gods of Rome and our religious practices. The pious and venerable emperors, the Augusti, Valerian, and Gallienus, and Valerian, the most noble of Caesars, have been unable to draw you back to the observance of their holy ceremonies. You have been discovered as the author and leader of these heinous crimes and will consequently be held forth as an example for all those who have followed in your crime. By your blood, the law shall be confirmed. Next, he read the sentence from a tablet. It is decided that Thasius Cyprian should die by the sword. And Cyprian responded, Thanks be to God. Ah, Dio gracias. I thought it was, I mean, it was, it was a really cool to like see like, this is the court record of Cyprian's death. Yeah. And uh, we may say, well, they probably had longer conversations, whatever. It doesn't matter what we heard or left out. It was ultimately, if you don't move off of this position, you're going to die. And Cyprian said, so be it. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you will die. You, like your friends, <laughs> you will die. And then he says, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Right. I mean, I just... Well, and maybe my... Yeah, maybe my plea is in part because we're thinking about this uh, apostolic age. The age of Christendom is done, and now we're moving into an apostolic age. And I have been thinking about that, not knowing exactly what that means. And we're talking about it a lot. We're referring to it a lot, but not knowing exactly what it means. And I think in part, maybe that means something like this is... Like those kids, they asked. They said this when when I was trying to list all these, all these reasons why I like going to church. They were like, "Well, okay, so obviously this is a hobby for you. You like this stuff. Hmm. You're just into this hobby, and we're not, you know. And it, maybe it'll take time, but it maybe we won't get interested in the hobby like you are. And that was the distinction. It was like, well, no. I mean, if you hmm. knew me, you'd know that this isn't really hmm. my hobby, or it's not all the time. And if in in the time of Christendom, this was fun. This was compelling. This was interesting in a lot of ways where you're going to get to do festivals all the time. And you can see some of this still in, in Europe where there's parades and there's murals and there's like, uh, you know, big musical festivals and these huge moving liturgies and all of these things that were just like emotionally entrancing and worth making your hobby you know like religion is famously old ladies hobbies but this is a time when it's like no you you kind of have to set your set your resolve and set your what do they say nose to the grindstone mm-hmm. um that there will be challenges and especially for people who are kind of midway i just want to throw this out here for your encouragement to keep going through some of the struggles because there's one thing to go through RCIA and then just be on fire and excited and you're discovering a ton of stuff. And, and then there's also like, okay, there's whiners like the, 
what the AC is not working so well. But mm-hmm. then there's people who are real serious that you're going to meet real serious challenges. And I meet those folks and I sympathize with some of it. They say, I don't like the politics in the church or I'm really turned off by this um, scandal in the church. I'm really frustrated and confused because I don't understand this this teaching of the church or one person saying one thing and another person saying another thing, or I've met some really hypocritical people or some things that really can be real deep challenges. And you can, I guess you can try to explain those away and get around them. But I think there's also a, 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 a conviction that you can have to just push through because you know that this is worth, um, yeah, bleeding for, mm-hmm. you know? And then just to say, thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. I practice this. I know it's right. That's where I'm setting my will. And thanks be to God. You know. There's a great scene in Master and Commander. We're in the middle of a battle. Uh, this guy who's like a weathered old, um, like been through multiple battles, has recently got his mouth uh, sewn shut or like his jaw clenched. Um, because he couldn't, he couldn't like speak anymore. And he just has tattooed on his knuckles, hold fast. Oh yeah. You know? And, and I just think that's the message right now. Like, yes, like we are, we are in the midst of turmoil. We are in the midst of whatever, like if you're going to be in the bark of Peter, you are going to get wet. You're just not going to drown. Like it's not going to be easy. Hold Um, fast. Hold fast, right? And you know, and I, I think that we can, we can. I mean, Linedecker, Linedecker said it. I can't remember what, um, like that. The church is like Noah's Ark. It smells like crap, and it's crowded, but it will save you. Like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's things about the Ark that you're like, you know what? Air conditioning's not working. Like people packed too close together um didn't really think about this whole bird thing you know like all sorts of reasons why we can say but ultimately when you realize that you're waiting out the flood you're like i think we can handle this this i think we can i think we can get through this saving us so and you have moments there's moments that you'll if, if you wait for it you know you're gonna get you're gonna get something of a reward this is an intense example as well but tonight i um, before coming over here, I know this is like kind of strangely um, providential. How I keep coming over here after baptizing babies when they're dying, but oh. this today this was a baby who had had died um, well before I got there. But the baby was born twenty eight weeks, but the baby was born stillborn and without any brain, without any brain tissue. Mm. And um, was super tragic for this mother, obviously, and this father. And I was glad to be there to comfort them. Um, but really, when I walked away, and it was very sad. I was crying with them, and it's just very difficult reality. But I know that that child is living forever, and I know that because Jesus rose from the dead. And that conviction alone just made me very, very proud, and very connected, and very grateful to Jesus. And it's one of those things where it's just like, if I'm wondering, like feeling sorry for myself, this brought me right back to, this is so important. This is the most profound thing. Uh, The exact quote is, the church is the ark. It's full of animals and smells like crap, but it will save you. Yeah. A nun. A nun. A nun actually said that. I appreciate it. So I, mean, I don't want to th- be... T- I, I, I think it's no, great. I'm getting real intense, but... I think it's a great point. I think it bears repeating. Um, I, I really... Uh, I'm going to have to take that into consideration in terms of um, like what, what the gospel writers are actually pointing to in regards to the ecclesial reality and like how we should value that. So Yeah, and this anyway. is just... This is one spot. There, God's going to take you a lot of different places. It's a wild ship, a wild ark. Um, but for the for the folks who need to know, it's profound. You, you got it. Hold fast. Because if you don't know, then you don't know. So, dear Father Nathan and all, uh, congratulations on 500 episodes. What a huge accomplishment! Still going strong. 
regular listener wanted to stop by and um, and see you. Uh, this lady lives in Germany and always drops by some uh, German uh, liqueurs. Um, so hope you can use this German gin for the next round of Negronis. Uh, God bless you always. Karen Nowak, uh, daughter of Bob and Carolyn Buck. Do you, right. know, do you know the Bucks? Yeah, I sure do. So I love she those got guys. Us, she got us some Baltic dry gin. Straight out of Evergreen. Do you want to read that? Gutsbrenner? Gutsbrenner? <laughs> Gutsbrenner. It's in Zarl. I don't know. She gave. They gave us a whole pamphlet that goes along with it. So Nice. Yeah, old, yeah. Vakolda, Vakolda Distillat Auster Gutsbrennerei Zenzau. There you go. Zenzau. Schmecken, what, sie, let me see. schmecken sie good. Sehr gut. Danke. Danke schön. And she sent us um, uh, chocolates that are Schoko and Kex mit Milk Cream. You know Kex. Milk Cream. Yes. What's yeah. Kex? Kex are cakes. They're like cookies. Mm, milk, cake, and cakes. Very tasty. Uh, Larry is our is my maintenance guy, and he's from. He loves all things German, so I gave him some. Hook him he, up with them chocolates. I said he's a Protestant. He's a Protestant, and I said, Larry, I owe you this chocolate. He said, Father Nathan, you owe me nothing except the debt of love. Oh, from Saint Paul. Anyways, the other one is. Um, uh, thank you for your podcast, your brotherhood, and the witness of your priesthood. Meant to get this to you years ago, but didn't work out with Drizzly. Thank you for being some wild turkey uh, barrel-proof priests. You mentioned in a letter this past summer. And a shout-out uh, made my day on Johnny Cake Ridge Road, Father Daniel Stavars, St. Gabriel's, Concord, Ohio. Hey. Two bottles of wild you, turkey. Father. Rare breed barrel proof. Uh, he yes. came literally. I'm in barrel my proof priest. I'm in my that. office. Or I'm in uh, my secretary's office, and I hear somebody say, "I'm sorry, who are you here to see?" Uh, and you're who? Uh, and you're here from where? And I'm like, "Oh gosh, podcast listener, here we go." And I come out, and it was a priest. It was great. So I was I was happy to talk to him. But I but I have to confess, Father, um, I had a migraine when you came, and I hope that I wasn't rude. But I knew that I was not as joy-filled as I normally am, so I, I apologize. You, got the, you like, got the grumpy go. I had. I. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, I got to be honest. It wasn't a migraine. It was a low-grade, like headache, and I was just like, I'm done. So yeah, there you get those days. That comes. So thanks again. Uh, shout out to all these unnamed people. I didn't. I left the my, the, my name list at the office, but bunch of people these last few weekends have been coming up and saying hey love the podcast in from out of town there was a great family uh in from texas to see the texas a&m game Ooh. oh or see you lose to yeah. Texas a&m not a- by much a- though. aka um great gal from michigan uh there were some three sisters from fort collins who all came down people showing up at the cathedral and um just expressing their love for the podcast and their gratitude well thank you Folks, All right, brother, let's uh, night yeah, time. We gotta, yeah, we gotta run away. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out. Like us on Facebook. Uh, send up a smoke signal. We'll be on um, next week. Later. Bye bye. Bye bye.